Yay, yay. Namaste. Star family. Today, we ask ourselves, why not travel to the past? Yeah, that is today's message. Know your past without regret as you excel toward the future. The past, the ancient past, the origin, the future, the distant future, source, oneness, as is above, so is below. Everything that is without is exactly that. For the power of the cosmos is within, inside you, inside the heart chakra of one, is the power to heal the planet. Green cosmic energy. For we are cosmic beings. Some of the most prevalent beings close to us, the suns, the moons, the earths, and cosmically, we should understand the connection between them and ourselves. Encompassing past, present, and future. Why were the ancient gods so shy? This work is called Flying Serpents and Dragons by R.A. Boulay in 1990. The literature and mythology of ancient cultures is filled with accounts of dragons, flying serpents, and other winged lizards. Who then were these flying, fire-breathing creatures that seemed to have coexisted with early man? Sometimes as his benefactor, but many more times as his tormentor. Perhaps... They were just fabulous creatures, the product of man's fertile imagination. On the other hand, it is possible they were the manifestation of something else, of traumatic events, so disturbing and deeply rooted in his past that knowledge of their true nature has been subconsciously suppressed and remembered only in allegorical terms. Quite a few civilizations of this world trace their ancestry to such dragon-like lizards or flying serpents. In most cases, 
they are credited with bringing the benefits of civilization to mankind. And quite often they are described as its actual creator. Ancient men portrayed these creatures as superior beings or gods who could effortlessly move about the skies in their fiery chariots or boats of heaven. They usually lived in the heavenly abode and often descended to interfere with the affairs of man. The earliest and the most important of cultures, that of Mesopotamia, also known as ancient Babylon, was probably founded by these serpent-like gods. The colonialization of this planet by these creatures is described in one of the most dramatic and significant ancient documents, also called the Sumerian King List, dated back to 3rd millennium BC. The document provides the secession of the kings of Sumer and their successors, the length of their reigns, since it was to the Sumerians the beginning of time when their ancestors came here and descended to earth to establish a number of cities on the alluvial plain of Mesopotamia, calling themselves Anunnaki or Anunnaki, meaning those who descended from heaven as children of Sky Father Anu and Queen Mother Earth, Kai. These proto-Sumerians are credited with the establishment of the Western, if not the entire world's civilization. Surprisingly enough, there are considerable data on these civilizations. The Sumerian later to be replaced by the Akkadian and Babylonian cultures. From numerous cuneiform tablets, monuments, artifacts, which have been unearthed in recent times and attacked by Napoleon, it is possible to reconstruct the events which transpired in the early days of mankind. There is also a mass of evidence which was originally derived from the same source, but was also given a religious interpretation. By being transmitted through priestly channels, it was from this vast reservoir of ancient sources that the stories of the Old Testament were derived. From a combination of these ancient secular and religious sources, it is thus possible to piece together the story of our ancestor, which lies in the coming of the alien serpent gods or astronauts who colonized Earth many eons ago, alluding to Book of Enoch.
it will be found that our ancestors started a colony on Earth in order to obtain resources or metals for their home planet in order to process and transport these resources by air freighter to the orbiting mothership they built five operational cities in Mesopotamia one of these served as a space launch platform the Sumerian people referred to these gods as Anunnaki Anunnaki literally meaning sons of An sons of Anu their chief god and leader Anu being the sky father equivalent to Ra in Egypt also equivalent to Uranus in Greco-Roman mythology Anunnaki were an alien race realistically they were a race of sapient reptiles they required cheap labor force and for this reason they created a primitive man by combining characteristics of the native ape man or neanderthal type man with their own saurian nature they produced adam of the old testament this adam was half human half reptile however being a clone could not reproduce himself as conditions began to change on earth and the climate dried out it only became necessary for them to modify adam to better adapt to the variable climate the homo saurus was modified and given more mammalian traits this was the biblical fall of man where Adam achieved knowing or the ability to reproduce sexually or procreate. As a result of this genetic modification, man lost most of its Saurian appearance and nature. His shiny, luminous skin and scaly hide. He acquired mammalian characteristics a soft flexible skin body hair the need to sweat or perspirate and the ability to produce live young he no longer ran around unclothed he now had to wear clothing for comfort and protection for all purposes Man was now a homo sapien. Modern man or Cro-Magnon man had arrived upon the scene. Man soon populated Earth as slaves for the Saurian masters. He was sorely tested by the astronauts who descended to Earth and mated with the daughters of man known in the scriptures as Nephilim 
demigods. Giants. They not only produced mixed offspring, but also conducted genetic experiments, which went awry and produced many monstrous forms. This was a trying period for mankind, for in this era, he was literally food for the gods. It is time for the biblical patriarchs and the Sumerian god kings. The turmoil on earth was abruptly ended by the onset of natural worldwide catastrophe known as the Great Flood or the Deluge. At this time, the gods retreated to their spaceship, Nibiru, leaving behind their semi-divine offspring to perish with mankind in the world flood. After the waters had subsided, they descended once more to establish new cities on the plains of Mesopotamia. Again mating with mankind, they produce a race of semi-divine beings to rule their empire on earth. In addition, a race of warrior gods was established in the lands of the Levant, descendants of the Nephilim, but known by the name of Rephaim. This barbaric race plagued humanity for thousands of years and were eliminated as a threat until first millennium BC. In ancient Mesopotamia, the gods resided in a temple atop a ziggurat, a stepped pyramid raised above the plains, and were shielded from the general public and accessible only to a few trusted priests. Here they ate in privacy, surrounded by curtains, so that in the attending priests could not see them dying. One wonders if their table manners were so atrocious that they had to be hidden even from their retainers. Or was it something more sinister? In Old Testament, the overriding need for privacy is also true. During Exodus, the deity lived in a tent and was never seen, nor did he dine in public. Specific instructions were given to Moses on how to prepare food, which was left on a grill near the quarters of the deity for him to snack on in privacy. It was forbidden for humans to see him. Moses was told flatly by the God that you cannot see my face. For man may not see me and live. And this prohibition against being seen by humans is carried to an extreme throughout the scriptures. It became an injunction of not to make a graven image or a likeness of the deity. Thus, 
Man is not only banned from seeing what God looked like, but even to make an image of what he thought he looked like. Why the taboo? Could it be that its appearance would so be foreign and repulsive that it had to be withheld from man? One would logically assume that the deities were so superior and grand as the scriptures indicate and that they would be flattered and pleased to allow men to see and copy their magnificence. Only a privileged few were allowed to even approach the deities. In Mesopotamia, they were the demigods, the offspring of the mating of a god or goddess and a human. These formed the aristocracy and were entrusted by the gods to see their needs and to form a barrier with mankind, a chain of command, if you will. Even these demigods, or changelings, as they were called, were somewhat strange in appearance and probably had certain reptilian characteristics. The fabled hero Gilgamesh, for example, had something odd in his appearance that made him stand out from normal men. The biblical patriarchs also had something unusual about their looks as is shown by the irrational behavior of Noah when he was seen naked by his sons. According to ancient Babylonian tradition, as reported by Barossus, the Babylonian priest writing in Athens in the 3rd century BC, man's ancestry and origin can be traced to one Oenus, the amphibious creature that came out of the Persian Gulf to teach the arts of civilization to men. Berossus called them Anadoti, which translates as the repulsive ones in Greek. He also refers to them as Masoras, meaning an abomination. In this way, Babylonian tradition credits the founding of civilization to a creature, which they consider to be a repulsive abomination. If the tradition had been invented, a more normal attitude would have been to glorify these creatures of splendid gods and heroes. Yet the fact that they chose to describe their ancestors this way argues for the authenticity of the account. The reptilian appearance of biblical gods was a well-kept secret and only occasionally is it perceptible in the Old Testament as, for example, obvious worship of the seraph or blazing serpent in the incident during Exodus, there are many more references, many of them explicit in the mass religious literature, which forms the basis of the books for the Old Testament.
the view is now accepted of which the Old Testament went through considerable editing and selection by the priestly transcribers, but elsewhere in religious literature, not subject to their heavy hand, there is found a different picture. In the Haggadah, the source of Jewish legend and oral tradition, it is revealed Adam and Eve lost their lustrous and horny hide as a result of eating the forbidden fruit. Also, the Gnostics, rivals to the early Judeo-Christians, relate as a result of eating the fruit. Adam and Eve achieved knowledge at a cost, part of which was to realize that their ancestors were beastly forms. The sad fact is we have created God in our image and not the other way around. In this way, we have hidden the true identity of our creators. Most of world mythologies and religions refer to their ancestors as flying serpents or dragons who brought the arts and crafts of civilization to mankind. The eldest of Chinese books, the mysterious Yi King, claims that the first humans were formed by the ancient goddess Nu Kua, who was a dragon. The early Chinese emperors claimed to be descendants of this dragon goddess. Nukua, linguistically compared to Ninkershag. The oldest and most famous of the Hindu classics, the Ramayana and the Mahabharata concern the intercourse of early men with the serpent gods who were also their ancestors. Central American and African mythology relate how flying serpents and dragon beings descended from the heavens to teach them the basics of civilization. The dragons and flying serpents that so permeate ancient mythology were actually large legged lizards who also had the ability to travel about in their airborne craft. How else could these ancients illustrate this fact except by providing them with wings? Even the Old Testament implies that the serpent of the Garden of Eden was a lizard or reptile for if he had lost his hands and feet as a result of the fall of man then logically he must previously been a legged snake or reptile of kundalini energy